Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to preview a Chicago Red Stars regular season kickoff. Chicago Red Stars are going to hit the road to open up their 2021 regular season. They're going to face off against the 2021 Challenge Cup winning Portland Thorns. It's going to be a good one, hopefully. And we're going to get into some brass tactics with that. But first, we thought we would maybe hit you guys up with some NWSL news segments and some other things happening around the league that we wanted to touch on prior to doing the preview. So there's a ton to get through today, and I couldn't do it alone because no one can ever do anything alone. So I'm joined here today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Blair Watkins, a.k.a. The Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm good. I think I underestimated before this week because I'm going to be honest, like the Challenge Cup was kind of a grind, right? It was like games on weird nights and still felt very preseason-y and it was like real, but it wasn't. And there were no fans in Chicago and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I I was surprised this week thinking just like, damn, it's been two years since we have had a regular season kickoff and you feel it. Despite the fact that there were like soccer games in 2020 and there have been soccer games in 2021, that it feels like it has straight up been two years since we have kicked off a regular season. And I am excited to do that. It finally feels like things are real again. And I'm stoked. Same here. Uh, I know in our previous episode, we chatted about the final game for the Red Stars during Challenge Cup. We also sort of, um, you know, put the final nail in the coffin, put it to bed. We wanted to put that behind us and get ready to talk about the upcoming regular season, which which we will do because it's here, it's upon us, it's days away. Uh, but there have been some things happening on uh, the league side of news that we just wanted to touch on real quick. Um, even though we are a Chicago Red Stars podcast, we think these are things that are going to potentially impact Chicago down the road. But as of this recording today, on Wednesday the 12th, there's been a little bit of news circulating around expansion uh there's been discussion about a franchise going to san diego and it's increasing in the speed and it's rapidly rapidly uh growing rumors uh jill ellis former u.s women's national team head coach jill ellis has been um, connected and there was a bit of a news dump today in terms of a rumor tying casey stoney of manchester united to potentially san diego and uh, that would all be on the horizon for 2022. So while people were getting um, keeping their eye on some someplace like Los Angeles for Angel City FC, uh, now we've got potentially two teams in the mix. So what, what's your vibe and what's your take on all this, Claire? Yeah, um, well, it, it's an interesting contrast because we'll talk about Chicago's sort of place and all this ownership news. But um, I think that the league seems pretty dead set on two more teams for next year. Um, they seem pretty dead set on not rejecting Jill Ellis's big project. You know, um, I think that probably in the league office's mind, that's uplifting. You got to uplift women, right? So you got to, you got to uplift Jill Ellis's big project. I mean, I'm concerned about that owner. I think Ron Burple is a concerning person to have in the league. He is a, what you would consider a quote unquote old school kind of owner in that he is a billionaire um, and has been a billionaire for a long time. And if you look the guy up, he has some troubling history, particularly uh, with women. So 
I would love to know more about the thought process behind that, especially after the original Sacramento bid fell through. So you have kind of like a questionable start for the team due to infrastructure and also an owner where I'm like, Oh, what's going on here? Um, but (laughs) I think Casey Stoney would be a great hire. I mean, I think that the ultimate thing a little bit is, um, it feels, it feels like spring. It feels like a, a spring in the NWSL where, we went through this winter of 2020 and, and things were pretty kind of dark and sort of scary. And we are seeing a rejuvenation, whether it's in ownership or expansion or coaching interest or player interest, right? We've seen some big signings from other teams, seen that Sam Mewis is coming back to North Carolina. This feeling that the, the hope maybe that what the NWSL was going through in 2020 really was due to the pandemic is kind of playing out in a way where you're like, okay, this is, this was a spike. This was not a trend. And so I think that that is positive, you know, it is positive. Um, I know that we, there's still information, right. That has to, to come on out, um, ahead of 2022, obviously, uh, where we'll probably have, you know, more concrete feelings about things. Um, but conceptually speaking, looking at silver linings, things like expansion, things like getting more coaches in the league, things like getting more women who are coaching in this league are all good things. Um, so that's exciting. And um, if expansion was, if an expansion draft was a painful process for you with just one team, get ready for 2022, where it sounds like there's going to be two teams who are going to be shredding other clubs apart. Yeah. So we will continue to keep everyone posted on that as more news rolls out. But to hone in on some Chicago Red Stars uh, league news, they expanded their ownership group once again, Claire. Uh, and that was very, very exciting. And a lot of fun names on there. A lot of maybe not as um, maybe this round maybe didn't catch as much attention. I think maybe as that first one, but I still think it's like a really cool thing. It was very important to have more investors kind of buy in, right, and buy into this team, buy into the idea that uh, women's soccer in Chicago should be one that is thriving. Um, but I want to toss the mic to you once again, because you had a great, uh, feature piece over on EQZ highlighting one of the new owners. Um, why don't you give us a rundown there? Yeah, I spoke to, I spoke to Josh Dixon before, um, and I actually also spoke to Amy Garcia over email and that didn't make the piece, but, um, yeah, I think that the cool thing about the second round of ownership is some of it obviously is just more capital, new group, bigger group, all that's really great. Um, but it also gave the club a chance to sort of follow up on some of the stuff that they said in the first round. Like I remember when the first round of ownership was, was announced, they talked a lot about, um, engagement and involvement and how this ownership group is not, um, they're not just waiting around. They're not just kind of putting this on their resume. They do want to be involved. And so the, the team said in their press release that they have like a weekly ownership meeting and, They're trying to bounce ideas off of each other. And the other thing too, with, I think Dixon and Garcia, they both were brought in, um, by someone who came in in the, in the first round. So it's, it's, you see the owners who are coming in are like talking to their friends in the industry and, they every people are wanting to get involved and there are some people with Chicago connections Dixon's connection to it was really interesting because he is someone who was like a college national champion gymnast at Stanford and 
did some world champion world game stuff with the U S team, um, never quite made the Olympic team. So he was an elite athlete. Um, and so what we talked about mostly was, and, and this is something that we've seen probably a, a number of professional athletes talk about, especially the ones who have had to grind it out a little bit, like someone like, uh, Kendall coin Schofield or, Serena Williams or, or like Dixon who understand the importance of consistent high level play. And then that conversation even just went over to a larger philosophical conversation that I thought was particular to Chicago of there are a lot of players who are really good, who are never going to play for the U S and it's not only that they should have a place to play, but they should be lauded for that. They should be known for that. That should be enough. The NWSL should be enough. And that was something that he knew quite, he knew really well, especially coming from the sport of gymnastics, which is not like a, you know, big five sport. Um, so yeah, that was a great conversation. It's cool. I, I do think it's good. I think that ownership group is really big. Um, which I think is, is just interesting. We've gone from like three to, to 36 or something really quickly. But, um, I think that I'm excited to see who comes into town for the home opener. I think a lot of people are going to try to be in town for that. And, um, yeah, I, I like it. I like that Chicago's kind of keeping pace with, with some other stuff. So I think that that's good. Yeah, it is. Just to run down, the uh, new ownership group includes uh, Jim Graham and Kirk Allen, Bella J- uh, Barjaria, Nick Coleman, Joss Diction, um, Channing Dungey and Scott Power, Amy Garcia, Devin Johnson and their daughter, Karis, Ken Kaufman, Kelly Lee, Nora maybe John Moonries, Ken Bender Moffitt, Stephen Moffitt, and Todd Bender. And uh, they also made a note when Chicago dropped, um, when the restaurants went ahead and they, they dropped the, the news bomb that uh, there was an expanded ownership group um, that a lot of them still had ties uh, to Chicago. And um, I loved that piece that you did on on jurisdiction. I'm sorry that the stuff with Amy Garcia. It was good. It was good. It just through. wasn't, it, you know, you put a piece together. It didn't yeah. quite, doesn't quite fit. I should just release those on their own. Just so I think my, I think my initial reaction to that was like sick. So we're yeah. going to have like a Lucifer slash like exactly. a Dexter theme night going on for the Red Stars. One of these, I was super happy about that. I'm like, that. I do think they've happens. got so many people in TV and film now, not yeah. even like people that are known in front of the camera, but so many people behind the scenes. I'm like, so where's the documentary? Like yeah, where's, where's the, the feature? All these know? hype videos. Where's, where's Amy Garcia narrating? Exactly. exactly. I want to hear that. Yeah. What's going on? That'll be, that'll be dope. Love that. Um, so yeah, that was a, a bit of um, exciting news on the Chicago side of things in terms of ownership. Um, maybe some less exciting things when it comes to Chicago Red Stars related news. There was eventually an update and um, the incident that took place in Houston uh, during the Challenge Cup with Sarah Gordon and her friends and her family. Um, and an update from the league talking about the investigation that took place, which um, honestly, when it got released, was really a bit of a nothing word salad, to be quite frank. Right. Um, I apologize. I do not have that statement up right now. I mean, is, well it worth, is it worth reading? <laughs> But yes, thank you. Stole the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, honestly, there just wasn't a lot there. Um, It left a lot to be desired. Once again, when we talked in previous episodes about about this, um, we spoke a little bit about how getting it wrong sucks. And then um, the attempt to get it right also 
sucking is like makes you feel bad. Um, and there was that initial statement that was supposed to be an apology from Houston and they kind of got raked over the coals for it. And then right. there was a follow up from that where they tried to correct that after they saw that many players, both from Chicago Red Stars and Houston Dash, um, went ahead and were speaking out about it and showing support for Sarah Gordon. Um, and then they went ahead and the, the organization went ahead and released an additional apology, um, trying to more directly apologize um, for the experience that she went through over at BBVA Stadium. Um, but we just wanted to touch on that because there was an update in it. And essentially, from the investigation, um, Houston Dash won't necessarily be, be penalized, which we had kind of figured just because the state of women's soccer, um, the reality is that a lot of these teams um, aren't directly owned. You know, right. the, the stadiums aren't directly owned um, by these clubs. A lot of times they are playing in these facilities and they don't have a lot of control over some of the additional staff that kind of work on game days, so to speak. Right. But, uh, oh, sorry. I'll let you but I'm like, but um, within that huge kind of um, statement, it, it just left a lot of, it left a lot of um, this can't be it. Right. I think for a lot of, a lot of us who were looking for an update, looking for what's essentially some type of accountability um, didn't feel like there was a lot there, if any, um, probably like a lack thereof. And, um, that's really disappointing and that's really disheartening. Um, just considering the year that we all came off of, um, especially one where people were talking a lot about having to do better, having to, um, be better allies, having to, be more supportive and um, try to do better by black people in general, but specifically in this lens by black players in this league. And um, it was just really disappointing to, to say the least. Claire, I didn't mean to no, interrupt you. No, 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 you, you, I interrupted you. So don't, <laughs> I should have let you finish. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's, oh man. Yeah. So the league doesn't say very much. I want to, talk a little bit about third-party security and I only just kind of want to talk about this because I this is like just from my experience I worked as a bartender um, at the Wrigley rooftops for a number of years and they used the same third-party security firm as the um, as the field as Wrigley field and the relationships that teams have with these contractors are really interesting and flawed where sometimes you have a security contractor that sucks and the people that work for them suck and they either don't care or they're overbearing or they don't have high quality control. They don't train them well, but you signed a five-year contract with them. So what are you going to do? Um, you see teams have contracts with off-duty cops. You have teams with contracts with on-duty cops. And every, but every team probably has mandates by the league to have a certain amount of security. I'm sure that there are also just industry standards. But the way sports teams handle security is 
pretty old fashioned and is not, does not take into consideration individuals a lot of the time. And so that's how things like this happen. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I understand to a certain extent, not wanting to say, not wanting to place this all on the dash. Um, however, you know, Scott Parkinson in his statement maybe said that a dash employee was involved. Um, but then, so, but, you know, say that, say that, you know, what they found was inconclusive. Right. And also that the league is probably getting advice from lawyers who are advocating not only for the league, but for the dash, you probably have people being like, you can't say that about us. You know, um, if you can't conclusively prove it with evidence, except now that just means that they say nothing <laughs> yeah. and that's not good enough. Right. So you can't, this is something that we come up against all the time where you just can't have, you can't just like be a duck where like the, the feet are working under the water the whole time and you're not going anywhere because all people see is what's above the water. And so if there were conversations had about anti-bias, if there were conver- if there was an apology to Sarah Gordon behind the scenes, if there were any of these things you have to tell your fans because otherwise they're going to assume that all of those things did not happen. And if they didn't happen, that's bad. So it's, it's a mess. And it is a little bit of the NWSL not having the infrastructure of staff to handle something that is a really big deal. It's also them entering into a sports infrastructure that is biased and is unfair and not being confident enough to actually try to change those things and construct something new and better. Um, and also, as we've seen, they, uh, they at this point probably just see transparency as weakness and are going to defer to control at all times. Um, yeah. All of which leaves, and I've said this in other spaces, it leaves clearly not only the fans, but the players not feeling supported to the point of safety. And that's unacceptable, you know? It's unfortunate. It's almost like, um, yeah, like if you don't, if you don't say a lot, then there won't be a lot to sort of pick apart. Right. But unfortunately in this case, it's like, it's like the same scenario where it's like, you're not um, maybe giving a ton of information. So people are still drawing their own conclusions and they're all bad. (laughs) They're all bad and not good um, conclusions. Uh, If people are interested in, in the statement, um, about whatever the resolution was from the league. It, it is on the league site. It's very small. It's about, it's a two paragraph um, statement, just saying that the investigation was concluded. Um, there was no disciplinary action that's going to be taken against uh, Houston dash. And because of the confi- confidentiality of the investigations um, that the league won't have any further comment on it. So, you know, it closes the door on things. So. Yeah. I do want to say one final thing, which is, you know, in the way that sports are a microcosm of society, um, the idea of security and policing around sports is a microcosm of the society in which we live. And I think there has been a lot, there's not been a lot of reflection in the sports world of their relationship to security and their relationship to police. There's been a lot of like, well, they keep us safe. And we all know that that is not true. (laughs) Um, in, in the clear cut way that sports would like you to believe. And so how does having more cops at your stadium make people feel safe? Who does that make feel safe? Does having security who's going to crack down on the away team 
um, and discriminate, you know, based on who is there, does that, who does that make feel safe? Right. And I think that I don't know how you unpack that with the resources that the NWSL has to their disposal, but I think you have to at least communicate wanting to try because otherwise you are just basically siding, siding with the enforcers and saying, this is how it is and stop asking us about it. You know? So I think it's a, I think it's a big deal. I do think it's a big deal. Um, fans are going to see cops at stadiums this year. And that is not a line that any sports team is willing to cross right now. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's leaving a lot, I think for, for the league to, to still work on. And I think it's a real question of how and how they're going to work on it and right. what that's going to look like. Um, within that statement, you know, they also mentioned their, their NWSL anti-harassment policy for a, a safe work environment, um, which uh, those of us in, in the, in the space have reported on multiple times that that's something that didn't exist. Right. And now, now it does. So um you know, these are all things that are coming into play that maybe can be pointed to as the league trying to to correct some things. Um, but it just doesn't make it feel any less bad. It feels and bad, right? That's I think that's like the biggest um, biggest takeaway for for a lot of folks. Um, some of us even in this space, and 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 folks who are just sort of on the fan side of things, it feels bad, and it feels. Um, it feels not good. And um, sort of like reading something like that and then sort of um, seeing the response to it um, kind of like from the player side and, and by supporter side has um, really just become representative of like what community is in general, I think in, in the fandom space of NWSL and specifically within Chicago's Red Stars community. Um, we saw players finding their voices and, and speaking out in support for, for their teammate in Sarah Gordon. Um, we saw the shirts that they wore right. in those, in those home games and uh, Sarah has her number for profit in, in hood space shy. And she went ahead and she made those shirts available um, to go ahead and purchase them. And any of the profits are going to go to, to her right back to hood space. They're available now on hoodspaceshy.com. So you should go take a look at them if you want to, cop one of the shirts says believe support and uh, protect black people. And um, that's really for me, like the biggest takeaway and what it is about it. Um, having conversations um, with, with friends about it, having conversations um, with colleagues about it. I cannot, I just cannot emphasize um, the level of preparedness, I guess, for lack of a better word. Another word is just like survival instinct, defense mechanisms that come into play when you are just, expecting to be disappointed and let down by a system that is not built to support you in any way, shape or form. Um, 0% shock, like hear, hearing and reading, you know, any of that um, from the investigation and just sort of the mentality of this isn't going to get resolved in the way in which we would feel supported or defended. So we just have to sort of move on and take care of ourselves. And um, for anybody who goes through any type of trauma or specifically, I'm specifically speaking, speaking um, as someone who like comes from like marginalized areas, like if you go through certain 
things and if you live life in a certain experience or in a certain lens you just I think are born with and like build up those type of mechanisms and um while I don't well I still think it's it's sad and unfortunate that that's the avenue that people are left with well we just got to pack up all our feelings and move on, right? We're just left with them all in the end. Um, hopefully something really nice can come out of this. And Sarah's got these shirts on there and hopefully it continues to fund something like Hood Space, which is a very necessary thing for young girls in, in the city of Chicago. Um, and these shirts are still available. Um, so if you wanna take a look at him, um, go ahead and cop one. And, um, you know, try to do your part where you can. If you're looking for ways to maybe directly support, um, you know, people and places and things, that's a good place to start. So um, here's to the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I get a shirt. Please, please get a shirt or just donate. Just give her money. <laughs> you know, if you're like, I don't know about shirts, I don't want to like take a shirt from somebody else who might want one. Just uh, give her your money. Um, yeah, I think that. I do think that we've seen the red stars multiple times in the last year have to take some of these hits and move on. And I think that they're getting pretty good at it. Actually. I think that, um, you know, after, after that league response, some of Sarah's teammates spoke out, they just expressed disappointment, right? The same feeling that we were all feeling, um, and that this isn't good enough, but also in light of not having the institution budge, you got to just start, focusing your energy on, on the next thing. And, and I think that, um, I do want to mention, I also, I just think that one thing that is, has been cool to see recently is that I do think we are beginning to see for the red stars, we've started to see a group of people really start to find their voice in support of her. Um, we've seen Tierna Davidson take a really big leadership role as a U.S. international. Um, Kayla Sharples, Zoe Morse, Tatum Malazzo in her first year with the team, um, Nikki Stanton. We've seen a group of people really want to take that next step and be actively supportive of their teammate. And I think that that is an evolution. That is an evolution of what started last year. Um because as we know, we've said this a million times, the team can't really provide unity on this right now, but there are individuals who want to be a part of making sure that Sarah Gordon feels supported and safe and help advance the things that she wants to advance. And so I think that, um, that has been at least a tiny bit of positive energy out of all of this. Right on. Uh, we said it already when everything was going down and we'll say it again, um, for the record on, on this podcast, um, we support and we stand with Sarah Gordon moving forward forever and always. Amen. And, uh, we're hyped to see her and the 2021 regular season, it's getting kicked off y'all. It's happening. The regular season is here. Hard to believe that we went through the off season that we all went through and now, there's a challenge cup that we put behind us. And now there's going to be a nice, long, lengthy NWSL season. Red Stars kick off their regular season on the road. They got their first match coming up on May the 16th on a Sunday at Portland. And it's uh, an evening match. It's going to take place at uh, 6 o'clock at Chicago time for all y'all listening. And uh, there's going to be some <laughs> Chicago Red Stars are already getting off to an interesting start in this game, Claire, because another little bit of league news that we could touch on and sort of bridge these two things together with this game preview 
is that Morgan Gattrall will be unavailable for this opening match. Uh, the league went ahead and issued some additional sanctions and punishments um, after some matches, some final matches of that um, Challenge Cup round there. And one of them was to Morgan Gattrall. There was an incident that took place during the match against O.L. Reign where uh, upon replay, it looks like uh, combination of Julie Ertz and um, Morgan Gattrall looks like they were trying to shield off uh, Jessica Fishlock off the ball. And unfortunately, soccer is a physical sport, y'all. I don't know what people told you, but it is a very physical sport. And uh, sometimes bodies collide and body parts flail. And um, it looks like Jess Fishlock got the worst part of that. And uh, rightfully so, she was upset at the officiating um, for not doing anything about it because now here we are in the future and the league had to do officiating in the future and decided to issue a game suspension to Morgan Gattrall, a player who has been playing for six years in the NWSL and has never earned a yellow card in her pro playing career. Kind of sucks, Claire. What's your vibe on it? Yeah, I mean, not to be all like, <laughs> like the thought in my head is I'm like, he ran into my knife. He ran into my knife 10 times. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to like bring this energy to it, but Jess Vizlock kind of ran into Morgan Gatra's elbow a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying you play, to you, you play hard and you play fast. Yeah, and knifed. right. And I'm not trying to like, you know, belittle the bloody nose but um it you know it's just it happened and i get why fishlock was upset that nothing was called like they were just trying to get the ball out of play you had people there saying that they could like hear Alyssa nair just being like kick it out both teams were like just get someone to help this poor woman she's bleeding um and the ref was like what's going on who what happened um so yeah it sucks i i mean it's I don't like it. I don't know like a better way to put it. I don't like it. I don't like the, um, I don't like the suspension after the fact. I don't like that a foul wasn't called on the field. I don't like that two suspensions were given out at the same time. And it felt very unfair that one of them got to be served in a meaningless, completely meaningless game. And Gatraz is going to be served at the beginning of the regular season. It just feels kind of cosmically unfair um, that was a one, two punch with the Sarah Gordon announcement. It just really kind of feels like the league is on some hater shit right now. And it absolutely put a damper on my excitement for this upcoming game. Um, because Gatra has been great. She's been really good. So yeah, I'm upset. I'm like, I am not over it. I I'm, I'm unhappy. <laughs> And honestly, like, we'll probably still be upset about it uh, leading up to the game, during yeah. the game, and after the game, depending yeah, on what happens. Yeah, I'm going to be watching the game, just like, wow, what a great game. Wish Morgan Gattra was wish, playing wish in it. What Morgan Gattra's up to right now. Yeah, I hope right. With She's going to be dog-sitting at home. <laughs> She's going to have three dogs in her apartment. Like, Don't worry about it, guys. I've got all the dogs. Um, yeah, it, it does. It does suck. It, it came after, also, when we kind of put a capper on on Challenge Cup and all this as well. So we weren't able to sort of react to it in real time as we were putting things to a close there. Um, yeah, we didn't know it was of, coming. <laughs> part, of, part, of what, part of what we ended off on was, you know, we sort of um, closed that episode with like silver linings, right? We right. were like, 
let's go through each line and let's talk about what we really liked. And if memory serves me correct, when we were talking about the midfield, like Martin Gattrall was someone that we were like, yes, she was a bright spot. Yeah, for the sure. During Challenge Cup. And it's like, oh, of course, of course, they're going to be without her, uh, one of their best ball winners yes. uh, heading to Portland, a place that they do not historically do well in. Um, but we're getting into it, guys. We're getting into this, this preview. Um, yeah, Portland Thorns, guess how they ended out there? Uh, Challenge Cup. They ended out their Challenge Cup as the winners mm-hmm. of the 2021 Challenge Cup. If you missed out on the final because you just don't care about anybody but the Chicago Red Stars, good for you. I will fill you in. It was between Gotham FC and Portland Thorns FC. It ended in regulation in a 1-1 draw. Goals by Christine Sinclair and Carly Lloyd. It went straight to penalty kicks and Portland Thorns FC went ahead and lifted the cup because Adriana French basically rules. So still a good, strong team. <laughs> now they've got uh, the taste of uh, lifting a championship to start off their 2021. Um, on paper, this team looks vicious, quite frankly. And uh, they look like they are hungry for more on top of it. A uh, lot of things that we heard out of Portland leading up into that Challenge Cup match, that final match for them. Um, specifically from their head coach and Mark Parsons was that, you know, he feels like his team is like not even hitting the level that he thinks that they should be hitting right now. Like they, we've got like Portland Thorns at a six and a seven and he thinks that they still got level 10 to get to. And uh, I don't think he's wrong, quite frankly, um, just because of how challenge cup was, you know, a lot of teams were missing big players for those first couple weeks, and then you get them back in and you sort of reintegrate them and things maybe are choppy a little bit as players start getting re um, familiarizing themselves with each other. Um, but someday, someday, Claire, we're going to get to see these two teams play at full strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the thorns are very much just like in Hulk smash mode right now. Um, I think that the way the challenge cup final went, is a way that they're not happy with because they couldn't win it in regulation. Um, I think that that was another 90 minutes that Chicago didn't have, you know, they got a game, they got another game with their full squad to kind of keep building particularly, you know, like the crystal Dunn project, all of that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think they look good. I think they don't look invincible, um, but I think that they have a number of players who are playing really well right now. You know, Christine Sinclair looks good. Lindsay Horan looks good. Dunn is only going to get better game after game. Simone Charlie has been playing really well. It's tough because we saw both teams not at full strength play each other. And I think this is going to be a very different game than that. Um, But I will say from an analytical perspective, I am not looking forward. I am hopeful, hope upon hope that there will be some takeaways from this game that are relevant to Chicago's season. Cause I think my concern is just like, I think this might be another throwaway. I'm not sure. I'm with you. Um, I'd be, I'm many things, but a liar is not one of them. And I, I think I would be a liar if I said that I'm looking at this game, I'm looking at, the fact that they're missing a huge player, um, a huge piece in somebody like Morgan Utra. And looking at that and saying that's going to be a cakewalk. Like, it's not. Right. <laughs> like, not at well, all. But I, you know, I am, though, very grateful that they have Sarah Waldmo to set it to, you know, go into that spot, Turn, you know. Turns out yeah. collecting a bunch of dope midfielders is, is probably a good idea. And I'll also shout out Nikki Stanton in this mm-hmm. one. Nikki Stanton 
um, which he was with Chicago prior to re, um, re-signing here for 2021, uh, has had some strong games against Portland Thorns. Um, Nikki Stanton in the past has done pretty well against somebody like a Christine Sinclair. You know? Yeah, I had that thought. There was that one 2019 game that Chicago did lose like three nothing. And I remember watching it and just being like, you know, who's doing a great job. You know who did better? <laughs> Christine Sinclair. Do you know why? It was Nikki wouldn't leave her alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just wouldn't leave her alone. It's not yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying this part of this. I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it might, honestly, guys, it might be another one of those types of games that like we yeah. might uh, walk away, you know, from this match. Hope, I mean, of course, we want to recap. Maybe a win. they'll win. Hey, maybe they'll win. We, we don't know. We want to recap okay. a win. Like, yeah. obviously, like, and if, and if they uh, they come back with a win for us to recap, obviously, the energy is going to be like through the roof for sure. Um, but in the event of just previewing this and all the unknowns, uh, either way, whether it's a win, loss, or a draw, because team likes to do that sometimes, um, I think there's going to be some some individual performances, obviously that we'll get to, to hone in on. For sure. um, so in terms of this particular match, since it's the first one, and since we got to see Portland play that extra game uh, in challenge cup, uh, I know I always ask us for player impacts for Chicago, but I'm also going to ask us for like thorns players that we do not want to see have big games. So I don't know whichever one you want to give me first. We'll roll. We'll roll with. Yeah. I mean, having watched the challenge cup final, I think that, it's going to be essential that um, Danny Colaprico has a good game. Um, what Portland does defensively is so intense. It's not even just a press when other teams are trying to play out of the back, but also when you're in the middle, fi- in the middle field, wow. The midfield, That's the a place. Of the f- yeah, it is a place. Um, they they're on you just all the time and they're going to be, fighting for aerial tackles are going to, or aerial duels. They're going to be going in on tackles. The whole point is they want to force you into a mistake and then they want to punish you for it. And I think that for Chicago, as we've seen in the challenge cup and also saw a little bit, you know, in 2020 or even back to 2019, it's, it's not so much the punishing part, it's the mistake. And so I, I would like to cut down on wasteful possession or being hurried on the ball or forcing passes that um, will cause the defense to have to handle more than they can. And so I think that that starts with Colaprico um, as, as the true number six, but I think that will also be true in offensive possession as well. I think that Chicago actually, you know, the, the way that they, um, the way that they've been in kind of infuriating in front of goal, just like passing it around to each other. I'm like, actually do that, do that in this game. Don't send crosses in for French to keep and then distribute. Just keep the ball on the ground. Try to keep possession as much as you possibly can and don't let them shake you, you know? So I think that that's, that's where mindset is at. Yeah. Right on. I'm in agreement with that. I mean, I think we saw a pretty impressive um, counter press and attack from, from Portland during, during that final specifically, I mean, throughout challenge cup, but like really during that final specifically. And, um, you know, it looks like they're getting into a place where they really want to turn that on yeah. and they're looking forward to really turning that on with having players back, like, uh, like Crystal Dunn or Lindsay Horan. Um, so yeah, of course, like I would love for either of those players to not have such a great game, um, on that day against the red stars. Um, 
but I'm in agreement with you. Danny Coloprico is somebody that I have circled. And by extension, I'll also put the center back pairing, which I'm assuming is going to be Turner Davidson and, and Sarah Gordon. They're great defenders. And you know what? They don't get enough love for the distribution and it's good. And I want to see more of it. And they're going to have to like have some sick, sick distribution skills on this day out of the back. Um, where I'm going to, I would love to see it, honestly. Um, I, honestly, if, if they come out of this game uh, with some type of draw, even if it's like low scoring, I mean, they're capable of high scoring ones. We've seen it before, but even if it's like a low score, I would be like, hell yeah, that was sick. For sure. Um, but I, but I want to see it. Um, I know throughout challenge cup there, and they're always, well, it's soccer. This is American soccer. We want to see some goals, baby. And uh, yeah, we still want to see those as well. Um, and we want to see those things out of, out of the top line. And we want to see, um, we want to see like the actual like concrete solidified. This is the forwards that we're moving forward with this attack. Um, but I think for this game, yeah, I think I've got I've got Colaprico and I've got the center back duo circled for for needing to have big impacts in this game. Yeah, yeah and I just don't want Lindsay Duran Haran to have a good game. I just yeah. straight up just don't. Yeah, keep hitting that post or don't. Yeah. Or yeah, or just yeah, just be frustrated. Don't, yeah. don't have it work the way it's been working. Yeah. Um, I get yeah, wh- your head. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yes, please, <laughs> please just have a weird one. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking of while you were talking is that, right. The idea of a result, I think that for me, I want them to win. Right. Obviously. And we're not, we're really trying to, you know, we're not trying to temper expectations. Well, we kind of have, but we don't really want to, right. We don't want to temper expectations for this. Chicago should go in and compete. Um, I would like them to score. Mm-hmm. And I think you've seen teams, even with the beginning of this, this Portland season, like you saw Kansas city, Kansas city in that first game where they did lose that game, but they got that stretch of momentum in the second mm-hmm. half and they got a goal back. And that is productive in a way. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I think that um, we have actually seen Chicago turn it on after they've conceded. So keep that energy, you know, don't concede, but keep, keep that energy going forward and don't give up on it. And um yeah, I mean, obviously I want a result, but I think if we're looking for positives, possible positives, I would even just accept, like, get one back, make the crowd quiet a little bit, get some confidence, and um, use this as as something to build on. Right on. Right there with you. Guys, we'll be back next week uh, with a recap of Portland and Chicago. Hopefully we're talking about a win. Whatever happens, we're going to be here with you as always. I want to make sure that you all remember that you can support us. Uh, If you enjoy what we talk about, if you enjoy the content that we produce, you can uh, do that directly uh, on our Patreon. That's the best way um, to directly support us. Go ahead and find a tier that works for you. Find a subscription. We got tons that start from $2 all the way to 25 uh, with all different kinds of perks. Uh, And if monetarily supporting us is not something that you necessarily can do right now, we totally understand. Uh, Things are hard all over. Uh, But I just want to let you know that there's always a different multitude of ways for you to continue your support of Southside Trap Podcast. The podcast helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels uh, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And uh, you can go ahead and find us on all streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. So go ahead and find us, subscribe 
give us a like, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That stuff also helps us out tremendously whenever we're producing Chicago Red Stars content for you. So everyone, continue to make good choices. It's getting warm out there. Enjoy, but continue to wear your mask. Wash your hands, wash your face, wash your everything. Get vaccinated if you are ready and able. Uh, please, as always, continue uh, your support for Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all next week with a recap.